Okay. I want you to prepare your mind and your body because we're about to talk about one of the greatest live acts of all time. Okay. You, you lead this time. Well, okay. Welcome, welcome, welcome to our wonderful listeners and watchers. Um, I know I know a lot of you are out there watching us as well as listening. And uh, you have caught us on a uh, another mini-sode. And uh, this one's going to be Green, Green Day, Day Live. Green Day Live. Green Day Live. Much like my penis, it's live and uncut. <laughs> TMI. As always, Chris. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and I'd be remiss if I were not, uh, whatever that phrase is supposed to be, not to introduce my co-host and brother and a beautiful man of the human race, um, Christopher Brady Denton. How are you now, Chris? Hey, everybody. Uh, uh, Chris BD here, uh, co-host, redundant, Television Green Day podcast, doing great, feeling solid, really, really glad to be here, and, and, um, and, uh, I, uh, phew, fuck, Oh, shit. Um, I, I hope you're well. <sighs> okay. I made it through. Let's go. Okay. And, um, and of course, I'm here, as always, with, uh, fuck, uh, shit, with um, uh, Colin Brady, Colin? my uh, cousin and co-host. How, how are you? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm doing just okay, cool. fucking fine. Okay. Things, things in, you're up in Seattle. Things are good. <laughs> Things are good. Things are good. Uh, People think we're in the same room. We're not in the same room. Blah, blah, blah. Things are good, though. Yeah. Do we still have to do this when we've recorded, like, two of these tonight? Yeah. This is our... Like, yeah. Like, you know, like, fuck it. Like, who cares? Like, I'm I'm here in LA. Everyone thinks we're in the same room. We're not. You're up in Seattle. Things are good? Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. Let's not okay, worry. Great. Let's not worry about how things are in different different geographical locations. Things we can assume are fine everywhere. Though that okay, is... You can ask me? That is not true. What about me? Things things are fine. No, I'm just kidding. How are things in L.A.? Yeah, they're fine. L.A. Okay, so LA. this week we're we're talking about uh, Green, Green Day, Day Live. Live, folks. This is kind of an extension of our odds and ends. We're, of course, wrapping up Redundant, the totally original Green Day podcast. These are our final weeks, counting down to the one-year anniversary of the podcast and its uh final episode today we're talking uh, kind of continuing the odds and ends in the form of green Green day Day and this is all the calling like the live stuff we haven't gotten to right yeah and there's quite a bit i i must say like this seems like more live releases to me than is typical for well anyone i guess yeah more than you would want really (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I, I have to agree on that one it's not all well, bad that, none of it's bad but it's it's a lot is all but some of it is bad yeah it, oh no i don't know i don't know that's the thing i mean that kind of leads us to just before we get fully into that just a quick uh hit back on one of our great segments that everyone knows and loves and requests mm-hmm. and of course it is did you get them yet (laughs) 
<laughs> Long-time listeners will recall last time we did this segment, Chris was finally eating his words because he paid for a concert ticket that I did not pay for. For Hella Megator. And he had teased me, teased me for at nauseum. And then he did not go to get to go to that uh, concert. Although I'm teasing him about it, I actually do feel pretty bad. That does suck, actually. I'm sorry. Salt in the wound, and yeah. thank you for that. Um, <laughs> yes, w- of course, we're talking about the one of the first things we talked about on this podcast, Colin, at the very beginning, yeah. was Hello. the Hello Mega Tour had That's been right. announced, um, the Green Day touring with Weezer and Fallout Boy, and it was the talk of the town. It was. It was. Everyone was excited yeah i was really excited i was pretty excited actually and i did plan to get my tickets i swear <laughs> yeah and you kept you keep saying that to this day <laughs> once they reschedule the dates i'm sure yeah. uh my, my partner and i got our tickets opening day we got our tickets on the first day that we could um so excited to see all those bands at dodger stadium uh of course green day being the biggest and the one we were most excited for and well, what do you know? Of course, there was a big old pandemic, and it's not even close to over. And so the show, which was supposed to be this past summer, obviously did not happen because thousands of people gathering is like a really terrible idea right now. <laughs> and and live music is really suffering because of that. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. Just for a quick update, I, I know you did not get them yet, and you're kind of the smarty pants. We... I... I wish I had gotten them, I swear. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> if you if you if you had gotten them, you'd have to be wrestling with Live Nation right now. Which That's is true. A, a, something I wish on no one. I'm sure I'm sure they're gonna reschedule the dates though, you know. Once well they, they can. did. So that's my my little update is they rescheduled it for summer twenty twenty one. Uh-huh. And they have an option where it's like you get automatically refunded if the if it's canceled and not rescheduled but if it is rescheduled you have to go through this whole rigmarole to get your money back because for tons of people that gets rescheduled and and it you know those new dates won't work oh yeah, so they won't be able to go Uh more than that and i don't want to be a a big old bummer here but i worry that gathering and that amount of people at once is still not going to be a good idea by summer 2021 i hope that's not the case but i worry that might be the case i i fear you may be right and i don't think any of us know none of us should claim to know but uh it seems possible if not likely i would i would even go so far as to say likely at this point um i'll give it a 50 50 right now okay and that's you know what toss of a coin but it's not i don't like to go to concerts uh, with the toss of a coin or my like life and sickness so i'm we're debating right now if if we should get the you know try to get the money back as of now we still have them but we'll be playing that by ear yeah um yeah that kind of brings up the larger conversation colin that i'm curious your thoughts on this is kind Mm -hmm. of live music in general uh what do you think the future is in the pandemic of live performance uh, particularly music concerts man i mean that's that's such a long question and we could be like sitting here for like several hours talking about that i think but um i guess we'll just say one interesting thing about it yeah yeah narrow it down to your best one thing to say 
one thing, one important thing. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, I do think that regardless of how the pandemic turns out, or like you know, once it once it clears up, however long that takes, um, I do think lives, everyone's lives in general, will be permanently and drastically altered especially in some respects and and one of those main respects is large gatherings like you were just saying like we've we've, i think a lot of us just didn't really think about it for our whole lives really that uh that something that happened to transmit so quickly and easily would cause this much damage i guess and so we're never gonna even if even if there's no currently ongoing pandemic at any given time where everyone's always going to be on their toes about it i guess is what i'm trying to say and so I do yeah. worry I worry about a future where you know based on on how money rules in America I worry about a future where only the wealthy can get vaccinated and only the vaccinated can go do you know x or y or z all these like fun like things you know things that I I think will probably require you to be vaccinated for or or something yeah. of that nature you know or at least tested or something. And again, that's money and time to get tested or vaccinated or whatever. Um, and so I do, yeah, I just, I, I think it's good to get tested and or vaccinated or whatever, but I do think that if it comes down to having the time or money to do those things, it's going to end up excluding a lot of people in a very unfair way. I, I fear you're right. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of sobering to hear it in those terms. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that's how but America works and always has worked as, you know, as fucked up as it is. That's the, the reality I think we live in. Oh, absolutely. And I think a lot of this has made a lot of people kind of re-examine that relationship a lot closer as they've been affected by it directly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, it's tricky. Um, and, and I would I, I completely agree again, kind of sobering, but I definitely agree with everything you say. And for those of you who don't know, Colin is a scientist and is very well uh, educated with kind of the process of dealing with these things. So it's, it is really interesting to hear your opinion. Um, and and yeah, thanks for sharing. It, it, it is kind of a bummer, but it's yeah. it, the truth is better than lies, right? Even if it's a rough truth. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, might as well like steal yourself for what's coming type of thing. Yeah. Um, on uh, the only part I would add to that, it's it's not even really related, but I'd say on the artists' side of things, mm-hmm. I worry about a future where local scenes and musicians who aren't Green Day, who don't have all the resources, oh yeah, and, yeah, uh, uh, that that their little tours and their uh, ability to make a living for themselves is completely evaporated, and that's going to have a real hit on the music industry mm-hmm. where Billy Joe can afford to not go on the tour yeah, and, and just stay home all day and make, you know, covers for no fun Mondays and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. But that's very lucky, you know, and most musicians, the majority of musicians are not in that position and they're scrounging to make ends meet mm-hmm. and do their passion. And yeah. You yeah, know, a lot of people lose money touring. I yeah, I and, think I think what you're saying is so important, and, and so many people don't realize really how hard it is for an up and coming musician. Even I bet like tons of you listeners out there who like, you know, you have you know all these favorite bands. I bet a significant portion of those artists 
are legitimately, even though you think they're popular, legitimately struggle for money. Like it's surprise it's surprising how famous you can still you can be and still struggle with money, apparently, from what I've Ab- read. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of artists that I would be shocked to just see walking around uh LA sometimes. Mm-hmm. And they're not huge, but I, you know, I'm, I'm a really big fan or whatever. And you kind of just realize like, oh, you're just, uh, you just live in a normal house and kind of have a normal and just, yeah, yeah, this exactly. is being a musician's your day job and you're not a rock star. You're like living off of the music you make, but it's not glamorous necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And, and something like suddenly not being able to tour mm-hmm. and, and even like sell t-shirts on the road. Right. And like all these other, like these little pieces of profit that so many people count on are just gone right now. Mm-hmm. And, and kind of similar to what you said, worrying that it kind of becoming a privilege that only people who can afford to be vaccinated or tested exactly, or yeah. what have you yeah. going. I also worry about um, musicians who aren't of means oh, uh, yeah, being able point. to go out and be seen by people. True, and and yeah. that only the biggest bands who can afford to have all the safety precautions and all the, you know, wh- whatever, are the ones who are able to tour. Right, and, and right. So again, uh, we we love Green Day, but they're a huge band and they'll be fine. And if you're an up and coming musician, this must be a very scary time. Yeah, yeah. And I I just really hope the music industry and and really like the general public will adjust accordingly. Really, because I think once people start to realize how impossible it will be for lots of talented people to make it, um, I really hope people will decide. Oh, we need to find a better way to support them financially. You know, I need to join their Patreon. And and this is shocking to hear from me. I I am uh, unfortunately a significant portion of my life. I have pirated so much fucking music. I feel so bad about it. Yeah. Uh, hey, come on now. I know. <laughs> and I think I think there's a lot of us out there. Let's be real. But you you get off that lime wire now, okay? And. And, like, I mean, to a certain degree, I think it's cool to, like, try to discover people that way. But if you, like, are really into someone, like, you, sh- there's no excuse to not buy their fucking music, you know? Like, they need to make a living somehow, too. Um, yeah, and especially for, like, the smaller artists as, that we were just talking about, like, that, that's a huge deal to their livelihood and their ability to keep doing what you love. Exactly, uh, exactly. So, yeah, buy, buy the album. Um even if you have streaming or whatever, like, you know, like just be conscious of where you put your money. Yeah. Yeah. Music. Cause it's, it, you know, again, if you, I'm sure people have pirated uh, green day albums and you're probably not taking a whole bunch of money out of their pockets, mm-hmm. but it's the principle of thing. It's doing it from the top to the bottom. Yeah. And just saying, I, I want to give my money to music. It's so hard hit. And you know, like I, if you love music, you should want to support it. Yeah, yeah, I, I I totally agree. And one last thing, I feel like I should uh, uh, specify, like my my thing that I was talking about, about being vaccinated and all that, it's actually adapted from this thing I was reading recently about um, just travel in general and how like, like literally like flying places and stuff is going to be, is almost certainly going to be that way, basically, just a few years mm. from now, because it's yeah. going to become so expensive you know, only the rich and powerful are going to be able to do it. It's going to cause this huge disconnect, a larger disconnect than we already have. You know, it's just, it's a shit show out there. I don't know if you've noticed. I've done, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And normally I'd, I'd say welcome to t- the tinfoil hat hour with Colin Brady. But <laughs> unfortunately, during these times, that doesn't sound too far-fetched at all, yeah. which is insane. Yeah. 
but uh, we, we're moving on from that uh, final little segment here and kind of moving on to our Green, Green Day, Day Live. Green Day Live. Green Day Live. Green Day Live. What are your thoughts on live music versus live albums versus studio albums? Oh, man. Another good question, Chris, with the hard-hitting questions. Yeah. That's uh, a big one. It is a big we one. We could talk for three hours about Again, that. Again, yeah, too. we really could. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they've all got their pluses and minuses. Um I, I think I probably more than most people have always trended towards studio albums of those three options. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. I just, I really like hearing things the exact way someone meant it to sound. Cause like if you put it on your album, that's the way you wanted it, right? You know? Right. You don't Hopefully. get to that point yeah. and just be Unless like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> throw it on there. <laughs> um, so I like, I like hearing songs that way just cause I think it's, it's truest to what the person hears in their head when they're coming up with the song, I guess, is what is what I'm thinking. And I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, I, and that's kind of why I asked. I was like, I will 100% of the time rather listen to the studio version of a song I love yeah. than something like a live cut or, you know, people often think of like bootlegs, like a shitty version, but mm-hmm. I'm even talking about like a live album that's really well recorded mm-hmm. i yeah like even like bowling on a bible for example is like pretty well done right right exactly and i love it i've listened to it a ton this isn't a, like a blanket statement but yeah of course i i listen to american idiot much more right yeah i prefer exactly. the studio versions um and that's what's interesting i think like live music versus live albums is there's something and it kind of goes back to us missing concerts you know I know. There's something so visceral and special about all being together live in an environment mm-hmm. and you're breathing the same air as the artist in front of you. And that's the problem. That's why we can't do it. <laughs> but pre-pandemic, that's what's so special about yeah. seeing someone live is, going, oh, my God, I'm Tom York is right there. Billy Joe Armstrong's right there. Like yeah. we're sharing this experience. No, you're totally um, right. It's so special. I, I totally agree. And, there's, and, some, there's something very... Um, yeah, emotionally charging about about a live music um there really is and, yeah. and when billy joe and bullet of the bible talks about when they start jesus of suburbia and seeing all the people like singing the words back to him oh like he gets a little emotional yeah he's like that's a feeling that you just can't describe i mean shit being in the crowd when everyone's singing like all the lyrics to some song is like pretty special and so like just being the singer to that has got to be so spectacular yeah that being the words you wrote unbelievable yeah Yeah, that's got to be just one of the best feelings of all time for sure and as an audience member not a rock star i love like being in the audience is also like a very special moment Mm -hmm. all singing together collectively yeah it's beautiful it's one of like the great human uh experiences i'd say yeah collective that we don't things we don't get often enough in our kind of compartmentalized lives. And when you, whenever you go to like a massive concert, like when I we went to Paul McCartney and everyone's just singing every single lyric, oh, it's like, that sounds so good. Uh, it lifts you up. Yeah. 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 But what's interesting to me is that, so live music is so powerful. I just think it, it's so hard for that to translate to live recorded music, I to so, live albums. I so agree. It's yeah, it's crazy hard. And, and honestly, I think the best live albums I've seen slash heard, um, they're almost always ones where 
there are like interview bits spliced in with the songs, just like Bullet in the Bible, Bible, just like right. um, I don't know if there's any MCR fans out there, My Chemical Romance fans out there, but their yeah. their um, live album following Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, which is called uh, Life on the Murder Scene. That yep. album is so good. Oh my god, it's like that's probably my single favorite live album. I think that's a really good. I didn't even think about that, but that's a fantastic one. You're right. Yeah, yeah. And it does that where it's part documentary, part concert film. Yeah, yeah. And you feel like you're getting the experience of the band. But again, back to the point of like, but if I'm going to listen to that song, I'm just going to throw on the studio version. I know, I know. It Nine times guilty. out of ten. And I just feel like that was that's important to like stay, say before we dive into these uh, Green Day Live. Because... <laughs> I think I'm going to kind of rush through these. I don't want to go through track by track. I think we, I just kind of want to mention their live releases. You know? I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because if you're into that, you're into that and you listen to it. And I'm, to be honest, I'm not super into it. I've heard them and it's fine. I don't really care to play every single thing with better versions that we've already talked about. You know, the studio versions of songs. That's how I feel. So that's all there is. But, but, but having said that, let's launch into our <laughs> Green Day Day Live. Day live. <laughs> all right. So I'll let you this first one, Colin. I believe you said you had a while ago. It's so funny. Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Um, so this the very first Green Day uh, live release is called Bowling, 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 comma Parking, Parking. Um, <laughs> Fun title. And it's from 1996, and it's a, a live EP that was released in just Europe, Australia, and Asia. I actually didn't realize it was released in Europe and Australia. I thought it was just Asia. Because um, you, like, sent away for it overseas, Yeah, right? so it's, it? it's funny. Like, anyone who knows me super well, you'll know that, like, I'm... I have this weird, like, fixation on having everything of certain categories sometimes. Or just I have Is these like, like weird. I just just have weird obsessions a lot of the time, and they'll fade and they'll come back. But at one point in Same. time, I was obsessed with having every single like item in a discography for like several bands, and the main one was Green Day, of course. Uh, <laughs> the other two just for, <laughs> just for laughs at the point that point in time. The other two were Coldplay and My Chemical Romance. <laughs> All right, so uh, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, so I ordered this, <laughs> this like live album, uh, when I was in like elementary or middle school or something, cause I was trying to collect every single item of Green Day discography and I ordered it from, I think like Japan, I want to say, um, I'm not sure, but it costs like 20 bucks just for this shitty little live album that had like, I don't even remember how many songs it has on it. But the point was um, you had it right. And your collection I was had complete. It. I had it. Yeah. Yes, yes. Up next was uh, this, uh, another EP called Foot and Mouth from 1997. And it's also known, this is fun, as Explosion Live plus five in Japan. <laughs> and, and, and so that's kind of, that's, that it's interesting to see how like, they're marketed different ways uh, in different territories yeah yeah, yeah and yeah. it's a live ep but it's 11 songs so it, it really is kind of like a live album mm-hmm. and it was through reprise records or reprise and it was just kind of various dates <clears throat> pardon me dates from the dookie and insomniac tours mm-hmm. 
So I, I'm kind of noticing, including this next one, which is from 2001, which is called Tune In Tokyo, mm-hmm. uh, which was a live EP as well and, and uh, was released exclusively in Japan. And that was of the Warning Tour. Yeah, yeah. That uh, So far, the first three were just live albums of their tour in Japan for Japan. I know much. that's what's or that's what's really market. interesting, and I've noticed that with other bands as well. Is that like they'll often release extra songs or um, EPs or live albums that are like specifically for like Japan? It seems like I don't know why. It's it, like do they dig that there for some reason in particular? Yeah, do you guys dig that? No, I don't know. <laughs> um, what I, what I've heard like explained to me before i don't know how true this is with the current music system but maybe back then when cds were big business uh-huh. was that like it would start in america like the, the fandom and the fervor uh-huh. the mania and it would like make its way around the world and like kind of end sometimes in japan or even australia sometimes like different huh. places would would have the hype at different times oh okay and that things would like typically like American pop acts would sometimes last a lot longer and, and major popularity in Japan and other countries in that side of the world. Huh? Just because maybe they're like, like uh, the American acts are just considered like pretty, at least back then we're like, you know, it was like, it's a big deal. That's where Hollywood is. That's kind of where this big commercialization of show business was okay yeah and, yeah, yeah yeah and made it an international business uh-huh so i think the the at the end of the day i think it's that the record company knows that more people will buy all these little green day live eps in japan where the fandom is just insane still than would be worth releasing in america i that that makes sense that makes so, sense and again i hope i hope i managed to not be racist as i went through that <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't think yeah i don't think it was i just think you're explaining reality like clearly like economics if, and how the they wouldn't be selling these work. extra things in like other countries if there wasn't more of a demand there for some reason so yeah that, that is interesting to hear yeah and it kind of makes sense now it does. i'd like to ask maybe a slightly racist question where it's like if you're japanese out there um do do you like green day more there than in america at times like is are they still really big Hmm. I'm I'm curious. Like, I, I have, what's their narrative in Japan? I would love to find that out. Yeah, uh, that yeah, that is a good question. And we're wrapping up, so actually, no one answer. I don't. It doesn't matter. But that's <laughs> oh it is something a fascinating thing about the world and the music business abroad. Mm-hmm. Um. So the next live thing, Colin. Yes. Was Bullet in the Bible, two thousand five. I'd say this is the preeminent live album yeah this is obviously their their single largest live album um maybe it it probably fights with awesome as fuck for that title but it it, i'm i'm sure that 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 bullet in the bible is a bigger deal so and we've already talked about it significantly so we've talked about that we i mean i think proof that it was the biggest live album is that that's already had an episode on the show we already we actually covered that like an album yeah so we don't have to talk about that anymore, but that was 2005. Then next was Last Night on Earth Live in Tokyo EP mm. from 2009. I actually do like this one, vaguely. I vaguely recall liking this. Yeah, I got it on iTunes when it came out, yeah. and I was like, oh, it's fine. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, again, it's it's a live album, but as far as live yeah. albums go, I remember liking it. Most of the songs on this were from 21st Century Breakdown um, mm-hmm. because that album had just come out, so it was kind of in promotion of that. Yeah. And uh, the it's called Last Night on Earth, which I love as a the name of a project of a collection of songs because mm-hmm. it's such an evocative title for a concert, it right? Is. Yeah. But it, that song is actually not included on the <laughs> EP. So, that's so <laughs> uh, a shame. It's a good song. It'd be it'd probably yeah, be really one. good live. Oh well. And then what was next? Actually, this next one was also in two thousand nine, huh? Oh, I don't think I ever saw that. Um, the Twenty One Guns EP live in two thousand nine. Um, yeah, I don't remember that at all. Actually, I'll be honest. That was a, like a digital only EP. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I, I didn't have that myself. I just learned about that recently. But yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I guess. <laughs> yeah, the the next one is is probably the second biggest. Uh, one is is awesome as fuck from 2011 and and this one i actually do like a lot and if not maybe maybe the only reason i really like it is because it has um one very important track on it that that fan cliche cliche. we've all been dying oh we got a fan cliche (laughs) we've all been dying to hear for like a decade and um, that song is Cigarettes and Valentines, the title track oh, off yes. of their unreleased, or should I say stolen, uh, hit album <laughs> from, you know, 2001-ish era. Yeah, let's give Cigarettes and Valentines a quick listen, uh, yeah. simply because this was is not released in any other form but this live album. Yeah. The song's called Cigarettes and Valentines. Let's go! I remember liking this song quite a bit, actually. Yeah, it's kind of like an interesting uh, glimpse into that project. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can kind of tell that the fans, at least it sounds like it by their cheering, that they almost kind of recognize they're about to see something special. Yeah, I think so. And it's a good hook. I think like, it's like a solid song. It, it's, it's, I was just going to say, yeah, the, the chorus is actually pretty catchy. There's nothing wrong with this song at all. It's it's pretty darn good. No, this is a good Green Day song. Uh, and, and it makes sense it would have been the title track. So yeah, that's, that's cool. true. Yeah. Uh, the, the cool thing about the awesome as fuck is I was at one of the shows that the live recording is from. Oh, really? 
That's so yeah. cool. Nice. And it's actually an awesome. It was it's track eight going to penis. Oh, fuck. Pasalakwa. <laughs> it is track eight going to Pasalakwa. That was recorded Chula Vista, California, uh, September 2nd, 2010. And I was at that show. Nice. Wait, is that the one that we were both at? We were not at, we went in 2009. I was at that with my high school sweetheart. Oh. Which was a a lovely experience for us and and certainly memorable. I remember there were AFI opened a fire inside, if anyone remembers that. Was that after Uh, their um, Crash Love album or? you remember i believe it was after crash love which i like by the i, way. I think love crash album. love i think that might be my favorite afi album actually oh between you and me i think it's mine too but wow. don't tell all these december underground dorks um <laughs> dude fuck december underground other than miss murder of course yeah i mean the, the, what is this the afi show no way uh no thank you <laughs> but but a i remember there's two people standing right behind us with like really long like dyed black hair and they just, they were talking so loudly the whole time about like how they only came to see AFI. And then Billy started playing uh, 2000 Light Years Away. And then he played this track, Going to Pasalakwa, which mm-hmm. actually ended up on Awesome as Fuck. And I remember them saying, Oh my God, if they play any more deep cuts, I'm leaving. Oh my fucking God. Dude. I know. Oh my I was like, God. We got to walk away from these people. Should have just like slapped them across the face right then and there. Yeah. Get the fuck out of you AFI fans. The AFI wasn't that good. It sounded like their their click track was off or something. Give Ooh. me a break. Oh, that sucks. I know, because I here's the thing. I wanted to see AFI, and I was like, oh, nah. Like, it wasn't that great. And then that's... Green Day came out, and you're like, oh, that's a band. Yeah. That's yeah. the shit. You could see the difference um, right there. Yeah. And it's cool that it's such a such a kind of a cool song that ended up from that show. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I love going to Pasalacqua. And I remember Billy, and I knew he said this at every concert, every night, no matter which town he was in, but I <laughs> fell for it anyways, because he was like, we're recording a live album right now, all right? And everyone was, yay, you know, as he does. And then, and he went, and I think a lot of the tracks on that album are going to be from this show here tonight, all right? And everyone goes, yeah, woo. <laughs> you can picture him doing that, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> what a fucking liar. God damn it. Well, uh, one of them ended up, so yeah, I appreciate yeah, it. I guess that's, so, <laughs> that's cool. I'm sure there's a lot of times he said that and none of the tracks ended up on there. So, fair enough. Yeah, like ba- Bakersfield's like, where's our life? He said, you promised. <laughs> like, no tracks from Bakersfield. <laughs> <laughs> 
so uh colin this next live that's awesome as fuck yeah uh this next one didn't come out until 2019 Which in fact shocking. this past year yeah i we didn't even talk about it i'll be honest i haven't listened to the whole thing yet yeah i've, I've seen the video because this is of Woodstock 1994, which right. is their big, famous Woodstock mud fight performance. Yes, yes, exactly. And I, I vaguely remember seeing like a few videos from it, but not. I definitely haven't seen the whole thing. And um, it looked like a fucking uh, a shit show. Is is pretty like the literal definition. Yeah, it looked like there was a bunch of dookie smeared everywhere. Yeah, it did. On a, because of the mud. Yeah. It's it's kind of a legendary story in their mythology. Mm-hmm. I would say it's what has it's what solidified a lot of things for them, and a lot of hardcore fans, I think, think this is the zenith of of, of when Green Day like took off to the stars, <laughs> and it's because it's like a special rock star show that they finally released Woodstock 1994 because th- there's videos have existed that you know people have streamed millions of times online right. yeah. of this mud fight that broke out during their set. Because it was so wet and muddy, mm-hmm. but the track list has never been officially released on a record. Right, 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 right. So yeah. they released this for Record Store Day this past year, um, and it honors the 50th anniversary of Woodstock and the 25th anniversary of their now famous mud fight uh, <laughs> at what has been coined Mudstock. Oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you see the album cover for this one, Colin? Uh, I mean, is it, is it the one that's like sort of dookie, but like not quite dookie? Exactly. It's, yeah. it's, uh, the dookie cover, but with like duct tape over it. And yeah. And like on Sharpie written over that. Yeah, like that's right. Woodstock 94. Uh-huh. And I didn't, I just learned this. Billy Joe actually designed that himself. Oh my God. <laughs> and I'm noticing a pattern here. Aren't you? Yeah. His, his art is terrible. I don't, I don't know what to say. <laughs> It's like if like a five year old child tried to like do something. His idea of album art is taking one of their great album albums of the past and then doodling over it. Yeah, it's just... like that. Hap- Father of all was him doodling over American Idiot, oh and god. this is him doodling over Dookie. Oh my god! It's like man, leave it alone. Yeah, leave it Come to on. the freaking artists. I mean, not that you're not yeah. an artist, but you know, like the drawing artists. Uh, leave it to Chris Bilheimer. You know, yes. leave it to your boys who knock it out of the park. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's funny. Yeah. Uh, but but one thing that's that's not funny that happened at Mudstock uh, <laughs> was this mud fight broke out. It was really all the bands were having issues. People were all wet and gross in the audience and kind of being unruly because it was such a unorthodox shit. Show? shit. It's, it was a shit show. And. People started jumping up on stage. People were pelting mud at Billy. He started pelting it back. And that's kind of the legendary part is he like didn't walk off stage. He participated in the madness. Yeah. He like, was like, bring it on. Um, and that's like the rock star moment that defines him in many ways. Uh-huh. And fans started jumping on stage and uh, security jumped on Mike Durnt, mistaking him for one of the fans who was <laughs> on stage. And so he got tackled. And it knocked out one of his teeth, and the incident uh, caused him to need an emergency operation. Oh, my God. Yeah. That shit's fucking crazy. So, like, it ended up kind of, like, being kind of... I mean, I imagine that was not actually a very fun show at the end of the day. 
Like that, they got the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, no, it's true. But I bet it's one of those things you look back on and are like, "Well, I didn't enjoy it in the moment, but it was an experience," you know. <laughs> Definitely. Well, and I think to even like highlight that is uh that performance quickly propelled them, uh, and and their recently released album Dookie into success. Like people credit it with that because Jeez. Dookie had just come out. Uh-huh. And then Woodstock was such a shit show and everyone was like, oh, well, what band is that that like started fighting back and started, had this whole craziness go on stage and kept playing and all this stuff. And it was Green Day and they had this brand new album <laughs> and like it just clicked in a moment. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's totally true, but people kind of view it that way. I, I yeah, think it's fascinating. I'm not old enough to know that for sure, but that sounds very likely for sure. I think that was the moment. I think you're right. That was they look back on that and they're like, "God, I was sore the next morning, but like we we were fucking rock stars." It's yeah, it's really cool. Real. Oh, so that's that's Woodstock '94 uh, from 2019. A little <laughs> counterintuitive there. Mm-hmm. And the last one here, Colin, on our live Green Day, yeah. is something from the very recent past. Yeah, I didn't even realize this, that this had been released. I'll be honest, I I didn't yeah. even know. This is they did a live at the whiskey uh-huh. from released in 2020, yeah, just this year, yeah. And I think it was, was it February early, earlier this year? I, I don't ask me these questions, okay. I don't know, okay. Yeah, I think it is, yeah, I think it was, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was from uh the Hella Mega Tour concert that they did last year that we talked about on one of our first episodes. Oh, okay, cool. When when Weezer and Fallout Boy and Green Day all played to announce the Hella Mega Tour, mm-hmm. and, and I remember hearing that it was first come first uh, serve, and I was like, "Oh, there's no way I'm getting in." And I, I found That's out like that right. night it was way too late. Yeah, but I was like knowing that it was happening the night of, um, and, and they released this. It's just a couple tracks. It's Father of All and American Idiot live from that night, mm-hmm. and I've seen the video of the whole show, so I. You know, I I feel like I I saw it enough, but cool. I mean, in light of a pandemic and not being able to go on the Hella Mega Tour, they released a live uh, little segment of mm-hmm. when they were the closest to it. Well, better than nothing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it was a good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's about it for live live Green Day, Colin. Yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm glad that we talked about this for sure, but but I do think, like we said at the beginning, it's it's not the most important shit out there, you know. I mean, Bold and the Bible's great, Awesome as Fuck is pretty good, and uh, Woodstock is pretty hilarious. Yeah, that's the important takeaways. Too long didn't yeah, read. Yeah, that's the imp- <clears throat> that's the whole takeaway. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening to Redundant Total Original Green Day podcast. This, of course, is Green Day Live. Green Day Live. We're counting down to our one-year finale, and uh, yeah, keep it cool, and we'll uh, we'll see you very soon. All right, so Colin, uh, I just wanted to give you a quick call, really fast, at the end of this Green Day live episode. Um, I think I caught you maybe at the end of a jog. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, on first call, yeah, I was, I was in the middle of it. I was ready to talk too, but. He's ready to talk while he jogs, folks. That's I think that's crazy. That's uh, one it, thing at a time. Well, I think you probably could tell at that point. Like I, I was barely uh, 
capable of, of making intelligible words, but I was down to try. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. I'm glad you're here now. Basically, I just wanted to give you a quick call because I think I'm, I'm was literally just editing the episode, uh, Green Day cue the echo effect, and <laughs> I'm uh, about to put it out tonight, and I just feel like looking back at everything we said, we said a lot. I think one thing that we didn't hit on enough in this Green Day Live episode is how fucking good Green Day is live. You know, damn, that is that is super fucking true. Yeah, I, I don't know why why we haven't said that as much as we should, you know? I think we're, we're too uh, busy trying to come across as, like, you know, uh, objective or whatever. But, like, I don't give a fuck. They're, they're, like, just about the best live act I've ever seen. I think they really are. I mean, we've seen them together. Um, I, I've seen them other times, and, and they're, they're my favorite musician to see. They're my favorite shows, I think, so... I mean, my favorite concerts I've been to are Green Day shows. Hell yeah, yeah. And I mean, like, that's really saying something, too, because I know you fucking have seen so many live acts, it's insane. I've seen so. some people I love, and Green Day... No one brings the room together better than Billy Joe, Trey Cool, Mike Dirnt, Jason, and, and others. And That's wild, especially because you've seen, like, Paul McCartney and, like... Man, who like you've seen some really big names. I mean, we we saw Tom York twice last year, and and I love. We've seen I've seen my heroes, and I've been very lucky to see some people I really love. But at the end of the day, and I know people, you can speak to this. Maybe people throw Muse. They say, "Oh, Muse is the greatest live act." Oh, the Rolling Stones, blah blah blah. But I, I think it's just straight disrespectful to to just not have Green Day at the top of that list. I agree. I agree. And you know, one more, one more uh, item of credit too. You know, there's going to be people out there like, "Oh, you guys are, you guys are young bucks. You have, you haven't seen the full, <laughs> the full whatever roundhouse." But uh, <laughs> but uh, you you heard my uncle Chris, I believe. Uh, my father Chris, your uncle. Chris. Yes, yes. Both of our uncle. <laughs> uh, both of our uncles. Um, when he went to see it with us, he said, I'm pretty sure he said that exact phrase. Like he was like, this is the single best live act I've ever seen, you know? Yes. Cause I think that I remember that because I think it was our first big concert altogether. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. and he like looked at you and he's like, Oh, that's going to be hard to top. Like, Oh boy, <laughs> it's downhill from here. Yeah, seriously. And I mean, I think I've said this in previous episodes too, but I, I remember their like King for a Day and like Hitch and a Ride portions of the show were just so spectacular. Or I mean, they didn't play Hitch and a Ride actually; they played King for a Day at our show, I think. Yeah, I yeah. mean, they, I'm not, they might have done Hitch and I'm not sure, but yeah, but it was it, it was all fantastic. It, they they so the crowd interaction. Um, mm-hmm. I think we were just kind of complaining about how hard it is for live music to translate to CD or to audio. True, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like what I didn't say enough was that how being there live, actually seeing it, there's no greater band. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. And I love, yeah, like you said, the audience engagement. I think huge number of their shows, they bring someone up from the audience to play instruments and like sing and shit like that. Yeah. It's play, super cool. Play G's of Suburbia sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that is something I think we've, we've discussed yeah. in the past. Yeah, and uh, so cool. and even the cheesy aos, where you know the call and response, like oh, yeah, when you're yeah. in the moment, it's the most fun you can have chanting with sick. everyone. Yeah, yeah. come on, Ayo. so good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> all right, San Diego. So good. So, yeah, I mean, unless you got anything else, I just wanted to check in real quick, catch you before we release this, and just reaffirm that, like, no one, no one does it better than the our boys in black and red. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate. I appreciate that for sure. I think it's. I think it's important that we we say as many times as physically possible how much we we love God's favorite band. Thank you, thank you for making the time to get the message out to the people, and uh, we're we're on to the finale coming up soon, and and you'll be hearing us slobbering all over Green Day a lot more then. All right. Any parting you, any parting words, Colin, before you go back to jogging or whatever you do? <laughs> uh, no, sorry. No, all right. That's fine. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, we all hope we can see Green, Green Day, Day live, live again soon. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see you all out there if that's the case. Coolio, yeah, coolio. Yeah. All right. Bye, folks. Hey-o. Bye. Hey-o. <laughs> Hey-o.